Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, socios. I'm extremely glad to be able to say I've missed you. You find me um, sitting on the tiny, and I promise you it's tiny, uh, balcony of my uh, flat in Barcelona. And I want to start this, which is uh, a little look at the pretty remarkable classical which took place on Sunday morning, early, middle of the night, Saturday and Sunday in Las Vegas. That's the principal purpose of this. But I want to begin with, if not an apology, then certainly an explanation. I've been very quiet over the summer. Um, I haven't been writing. I have, until recently, not been interviewing. And the reason for that is that, uh, and you can hear the motorbikes are, are very popular, the mopeds are popular here in Barcelona. The reason for that is that, um, for the first time in, in many, many years, I really needed a break. 2022 has been one of my most challenging and most difficult years. There's no question about that. And what I wanted to be able to do was stop and recharge. I owe that much to everybody that I work for, work with, and um, I needed it. I passionately love what I do, and I'm very lucky indeed to be able to, well, to have lived this kind of dream existence for so many years, 30 years. And I'm proud of the fact that there's just this volcanic um, heat (laughs) that emanates from inside me about communicating around football. And and it's hugely enjoyable. However, sometimes, particularly in the last few years, the, the level of impact on you, on your energy, on how and when or if you sleep, can can be debilitating, and then when outside forces um, try to try to bash and bruise you, there is occasionally a time when you just need to say, "Okay, a little bit of downtime." And that's what happened, and it, and it means that I've been um, I've been silent from you, and I admit you may be delighted about that. You may have been feeling, "God, I need a break from Graham's voice." Nevertheless. First of all, thank you for your continued interest in what we do and your continued support. I really value it. I'm honoured. It's fun to have a community to talk with. Thank you for all the questions that you send in, for all our interviews. Um, recently, we've completed three of them. Um, they've been interesting and enjoyable in equal measure. But as I pointed out, today's the day to try and bring you um, a sort of summary, uh, an analysis of, of the classical, because I know that all of you are interested in, in Real Madrid and, and Football Club Barcelona as well as La Liga and, and broader football. And one of the things that I, I'm aware is that although I guess the, the Classical was available in Britain and Ireland at least, not all of you are there, it was on at some unholy hour in the morning, two or three o'clock. And most of you won't have been able to watch 90 minutes. Well, 
I did, and I did it for you. The first thing to, to say about this, and I think it really stands out, is that the, the match was absolutely extraordinary, at least for 45 minutes. The quality, the intensity, um, sometimes the aggression, but in terms of the, the match rhythm, the match tempo, the excitement, the first 45 minutes at least, and then maybe the last 15 minutes of the match, could have substituted for any classical in the last three or four years and you wouldn't have known that it had been played in, in Nevada instead of in the Bernabeu or in Camp Nou. It was extraordinarily high quality and given that this was only Barcelona's second match of the summer and Madrid's first, I think that's genuinely extraordinary. I've often talked in podcasts and therefore, sorry if it's harping on a theme, but I grew up in a time when Certainly in Britain, but, but not exclusively in Britain. The summer was the time when footballers, in the main, got fat. And pre-season was the time when they were made to run it off and sweat it off. And it wasn't just a painful way of getting in condition for the, the stamina demands of the season. It was, it was a weight-losing process. That doesn't exist anymore. Footballers are now not only given different professional demands they are they think differently they live differently and i don't hear other people using it but i'm convinced that the expression permafit permanently fit is something that applies to 99% of elite football professionals around the world and that meant that for the opening salvos of this classical it was no quarter asked or given. It was full tilt football. And, and honestly, it was brilliant. There are some classicals recently, particularly when Barcelona have been uncompetitive, let's face it, that really this had more, more value, more interest, more thrills. Um, and that bodes well for the, for the minimum two that we've got in this coming season. How do I describe it? Okay, let's start with Spain's champions and Europe's champions. Madrid had no Benzema. He was left behind in Los Angeles, literally just to look after him a little bit. He did a little knock. It, it put into question whether he would play in Madrid's second game of their summer tour. But no big worries, no big threats. Nonetheless, he wasn't there. Carvajal wasn't there. Interesting, big old Rudiger, who's going to have an impact on La Liga, big style and an impact on how competitive, how aggressive, how athletic Real Madrid are this season. He was played at left-back. Now, what was interesting to me about that was post-match, Ancelotti said two really important things. He said, I'm not crazy. <laughs> Rudiger's not a left-back, but he can play there when I ask him to. And he also said, Ancelotti, I don't intend to break up the partnership of last season. That's Alaba and Militao. I was thrilled by that because they are much better as a partnership that when Militao has a different socio, a different um, centre-back alongside him, and Alaba goes to left-back, I think that's a bad move. And therefore, I really enjoyed Ancelotti saying, look, unless there are circumstances which dictate I have to put Alaba at left-back, then it's Alaba and Militao as, the, uh, as a centre-back pairing. Doesn't mean that Rudiger doesn't get in the team. By no means does it mean that. No chance. But he played at left-back, and he was interesting in various different ways. The midfield was um, Camavinga and Valverde, left and right of Chalmeni, who was making his debut for Real Madrid following his move from Monaco over the summer. 
The wings were Vinicius and Rodrigo, and Hazard was, in theory and positionally, he was the false nine. But a false nine needs to have the ability to drop, drift away from the centre of the attack and then sprint into gaps. And Hazard doesn't have that anymore. It, there were moments, and Barcelona fouled him whenever they got the chance to. Um, so that indicated to me that they're worried about what he can do, what, how he can create space and, and set things up. But was he an impactful false nine? No, he wasn't. What about Barcelona, um, who eventually won 1-0? They played 4-3-3, as did Madrid. Um, Rafinha was on the right of attack, Ansu was on the left. Lewandowski debuted at centre-forward, or although wearing the number 12, which is weird. The centre-backs were Christensen, debut, and Eric Garcia. Araujo played at right-back. Not the first time he's done that, and not the first time he's done that against Vinicius. That is getting set to be a battle for the ages. Who won it? Araujo did well, did really well. But there were moments when Vinicius dropped away from him, found the ball, other teammates, Barcelona teammates, got sloppy, and therefore Araujo was faced with Vinicius on the run. Largely... I would say the Uruguayan just got the better of the duel, but Vinicius isn't scared of him. And it was fascinating. It's going to be long may those two stay at their respective clubs. And and let's hope we see 10, 15, 20 Clásicos when it's the Uruguayan against the Brazilian because it's magical. In the midfield, Busquets anchoring, Pedri on the right, Gavi on the left. Uh, Excuse me, that's not right. That was Pedri on the left, Gavi on the right. This was Barcelona's second pre-season match and it showed. It showed in the second half in particular when Madrid dipped away. But the first half, largely Madrid were able to match them in terms of intensity and energy, albeit with a different strategy and unable to get on the ball. It was extraordinary to watch. Um, What stood out? For Barcelona, what stood out in the first half was their press. Real Madrid were intent not on passing over the press or or thumping it long and letting Vinicius chase. They tried to pass out of the press, which was fascinating to watch. And without Cross, Modric and Casemiro, it was a big ask of a midfield... Okay, when I say playing for the first time, it's because Chalmany was making his debut. But nonetheless, if if you don't have Modric, Casemiro and Cross and you're trying to pass your way through a press... It's, it's thoroughly more difficult. The, probably the first click uh, when you go, wow, look at this, was when the ball was played to Lewandowski, who dropped deep, turned Alaba, sprinted, saw Ansu inside him, ignored him, shot hard. He was going in, Courtois, decent save to his left. Then came a cracking moment, which, which effectively meant that the, sec- the first half should have ended 1-1 instead of 1-0 to Football Club Barcelona. Alaba... When Real Madrid had been pushing and probing and put the ball into the box, tried a right-footed clearance, didn't go very well, went straight to Valverde about, say, 15, 20 feet outside the, the penalty area, struck it with his right foot, and it's a rasper. It's astonishing. It, it travels with such power and trajectory. The goal shakes when the ball hits um, Tishtegen's right-hand post. It, it could easily have gone in. It probably should have gone in. It's a piece it's a piece of beautiful football from the Uruguayan who's growing in stature and growing in importance under Ancelotti, having had months and months and months. I know he started the final in Paris, but there were months and months and months when he was a best fourth choice, sometimes fifth choice in the midfield area, and therefore I'm thrilled to see him growing in importance. And he celebrated that with a little sort of silver top dye job in his in his in his spare time in the summer in the hairdressers. 
There was a little stumble from Camavinga as Madrid tried to play out and tried to cope Barcelona's pressure. Pedri was on it immediately, fed Ansu. Um, Ansu should have scored. Screwed a left-footed shot wide of Courtois, who was out like a greyhound to try and block him. The goal chance was there. Ansu didn't hit it properly, but it was a nice link-up with Pedri. And then some words about the the guy, I suppose, who was the star of the show. Rafinha looked extremely good against Inter Miami. Um, the side coached by Phil Neville. Um, Barcelona put, I think, six past them. And it was a pretty beautiful performance. Very, very quick. One-touch football movement, spinning off opponents, wall passes. Really, really interesting game. And Rafinha not only scored, but made. And in this game, he, he was... Early on, a little bit sloppy and allowing Rudiger at left-back to run away from him, run away from him in a rampaging style. And Rudiger took advantage of the Brazilians' lack of attention to run three-quarters of the length of the pitch and shoot wide off his right foot. A decent chance created by him, and it was, it was thunderous. It was Gulliver amongst the Lilliputians with Barcelona players being left sprawling, left, right and centre, as, as Rudiger just put his head down and charged. But then Rafinha starred in a, in a completely different way. And this was courtesy of the press. There was a Madrid attempt to clear the ball and it went from Courtois to Militao to Lucas, who was the captain and was playing at right back, and back to Militao again. And, and they were playing out the right way until Militao decided to try and make a crossfield pass to Alaba. The aim was to hit it about say 30 metres from the right edge of the Madrid penalty box to the outside far left, right across, nearly into the left-back position. And he failed. He failed because he slipped. He failed because his conditioning wasn't you know, right for the pace of this game, given that it's only, there's no criticism. It's Madrid's first you know, competitive 90 minutes of the, of the summer. And it, it, he had sloppiness. He gave the ball away a little bit too much. And Militao, in slipping, sends a ball right across to Rafinha's feet. Rafinha is well outside the Real Madrid penalty area. It was a monster distance, minimum 26, 27 metres out. Takes a touch, looks up, left foot rocket, absolute rocket, into Thibaut Courtois' left-hand postage stamp of the goal. It's a stunning Stunning strike by Rafinha, who looks extremely dedicated and exciting. His work rate was high. Sloppiness, I mentioned earlier on, but pre-season matches, you can understand it. A very different prospect from Dembele, who at the moment is being benched and being brought on as a replacement. And there are things for Dembele to learn from Rafinha's attitude, work rate, tackling. At any rate, he's going well at the moment. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, that was fun too. Arojo is, 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 is widely being compared to Puyol in attitude because he seems to treat every single tackle, not every match, every moment of every match as if it was World War Three. It's, it's must win all the time. I've met him and enjoyed his company and, and he was kind enough to say he'd enjoyed mine and came back in after the interview with a signed shirt saying uh, to Graham with Carino because the interview was blah, 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 blah. blah. It was a remarkable gesture. Um, I certainly hadn't asked for it or anything. And he's a funny guy, um, touch shy off the pitch, but then when he opens up, when he trusts you, um, loquacious, interesting, eager to communicate, just a thoroughly likable forthright man, but a beast on the pitch, an absolute warrior. And there was a moment when Buswan are clearing out from their own penalty area. Rafinha has dropped back to defend, back heels the ball to Araujo at right back, who just sets off. He sets off on a charge and kind of says to Rudiger, anything you can do, I can do better. Comes face to face with, with Rudiger and as the German and the Uruguayan square up, you're praying there's not a collision because the atom would probably split. And Araujo just knocks the ball past Rudiger and says, come on baby, let's play, and goes for a run. And again, I emphasise that there's an advantage to Araujo in that he's a little bit younger, um, he's a little bit lighter, powerful as hell, and, and he's further on in his training. So the sprint was won by Araujo, but Rudiger didn't give up easily, and I bet you after that he was panting and, and blowing through all orifices. But he makes, he makes the run, he, 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 um, Araujo gets past uh, Rudiger, slashes in across, Rafinha has read what's happening and has, has changed sides over to the left because, because you know, it's Araujo's territory on the right at the moment. And therefore, um, he gets found by Ansu on an overlap. Rafinha squares in for Lewandowski, whose movement has been terrific. And the pole shoots, and it's going to be 2-0, but for an exceptional diving block from David Alaba. Really, really, really clever, brilliant block. And Lewandowski's denied an opening classical goal. Before the half finished, there was what's called a tangana in, in Spain. It just means a sort of little... A, the, the expression in Britain is, is handbags. Now, it comes from a brilliant Vinicius run down the middle. Barcelona are a little bit dishevelled. And Vinicius says, ta-ta, to, to four of them before Jordi Alba just goes, you're going down, baby. Launches into him, clips him. It's not a red card, but it's a hard yellow. It's very, very cynical. And as he gets up, Vinicius goes back looking for the wee Catalan, finger jabbing. I, I, I love, you'll know by now, I adore Vinicius. I have done really since I saw him. I was very defensive of what people were mistakenly, erroneously saying that well, look at this and look at that. Things that could be corrected. And while they were ignoring things you knew this kid had that were innate and unusual. 
At any rate, um, Vinicius in full flight is majestic and it's fun and it's increasingly intelligent. Alba's cynical and, and now Vinicius has, has begun to defend himself a little bit more in, in pointing an accusatory finger at people trying to hack him, giving the ref a little bit of encouragement that he needs to be looked after, all of which I think is well within the bounds of acceptability. In, in this instance, however, there's, there's some angry, angry bodies. And what happens is, as, as several players gather to try and you know, give each other a little bit of verbal chip, Rodrigo and, and Busquets get snappy with each other. And Rodrigo um, pushes Busquets right in the chest, full palm, and Busquets goes after him. And then it's all in with, with Rudiger and Arujo. Uh, Arujo gets in to, to kind of haul Rudiger out of the mall. And, and there's a real big physical standoff between the two of them. So may there be many, many more this season. It's, it was so fun to watch that. And it was a puffing of chest and a locking of antlers. No physical damage was done. The referee correctly books Alba, blah, blah, blah. Um, Courtois comes in to try and just calm things down as well. So it was a nice little bit of um, all off at Ludlow for an early part of the, the, summer, the summer tour. Halftime 1-0. 21 different players came on in the second half. The pace largely drops, um, or more the intensity uh, drops. It, it's more players who, who've come on at halftime. It's more players who haven't played together. There are debuts. Modric and Cruz and Casemiro are on, and, and early, early in the second half, there's a really nice ball between the lines to Rodrigo, who's come in off the wing. He's got right between the line of four and the line of three for Barcelona. And it's a really nice move. It's Rodrigo to Asensio, to Lucas, who's overlapping. And Lucas just cuts back to Asensio. You know that Asensio gives the ball wide. That means if he's going to run further into the penalty area. Stops, tracks one step back. Lucas sees and cuts it back to him. Really, Asensio should score. It's a big, big miss. He uses his right foot, which is his less talented one, and he pulls it wide across the goal. But Basel were cut open, and they looked a little bit lost as to how it had been so easy. The same thing happened to Real Madrid later in the game about 20 minutes later Nico's at Pivotti instead of Busquets Sergio Roberto is on and Sergio Roberto might have had the performance of the match for either side he, he played remarkably well it has to be said the passing went Nico to Sergio Roberto to Nico back to Sergio Roberto and the young cat oh, young the Catalan looks up and sends a little diagonal pass right into the path of Kessie who the, the Cote d'Ivoire player who, who was signed for Milan and Kessie is a big imposing quick-footed midfield player who's a ball winner and, and can be a simple midfield passer but he loves both for Milan for his international side and now for Barcelona he loves to be at the edge of the box or ploughing into the box he's going to be fun to watch for neutrals and, and Barca fans alike anyway the ball's fed to him he right foots it he scuffs it straight into Courtois' body uh, you know you know, a, a soft miss, really, to be honest with you. Again, just like with Asensio, it, it should have been a goal. Just like with Lewandowski and Alaba, it should have been a goal. Pique comes on, gets half an hour. Either, either, either there were a huge number of Colombians in the crowd or everybody in the States loves uh, Shakira, but Pique was booed every single touch of the ball for just over half an hour. Um, I don't think it matters greatly to him, but given what's happened in his domestic circumstances, he's in for a year of difficult treatment. Again, Kessie has increasing impact as the match goes on. Dest on at right back at this stage. At this stage, 
pings a little flick to Kessie on the run. And Kessie, the thing that was stood out by this is Kessie moving in space, very elegant, quick over the ground, and he, he lays a lovely pass. So many times, runners with the ball either have too many options or don't have the velocity of um, uh, option assessment to use position well. But Kessie did. He, he lays it right into the path of Dembélé. And Dembélé's fierce shot goes to um, Courtois' uh, right, and he makes a save. It's a corner. Kessie in midfield is, is winning a ball about two, three minutes later, holding up his man, um, grounding his man. Sergio Roberto is onto it like a, like a fox, just in a flash, he's onto loose ball. Really good run, a very good um, release pass to Dembele, whose diagonal shot this time is much better. It goes across Courtois from right to left. Courtois dives and saves. The rebound is there, but Depay makes a complete hash of cutting it back to Aubameyang. Depay played and scored a nice goal in the Inter-Miami game. Didn't celebrate, faced like a tombstone. He's pissed off that he's been told he can go. There's overbooking in Barcelona squad by a long way, and they desperately need to clear folk out. Depay, not happy. He's a man with an ego, but he's in decent nick. He's playing well for as long as Barcelona have him. He can make a contribution. There's a big opportunity for Mariano and Asensio cross from the left. It's right on Mariano's head. Okay, he's about the penalty spot, whether he beats Ter Stegen or not. The crucial fact is, with there being a huge debate about whether Mariano is the extra striker to supplant Benzema or whether it should be Borja Morral, I don't know that that, that that is a possibility now, but I do think that Madrid are short of an alternative number nine, an outright striker. Mariana's fluffed header, Mariano's fluffed header tells you that probably it shouldn't be him. His time at Madrid has come and gone, but he's taken his heels in. Last summer at this stage, he refused to go. Feels like you're doing the same right now. And the match finished with a really fierce uh, Serginho Dest left-footed shot, which Courtois saved over his head to his right with a big arm above his head. Look, um, ultimately, this is a 1-0 win for Football Club Barcelona. Ultimately, both coaches must be really pleased in that it was a proper intensive workout in terms of workout right across the 92 minutes. Nobody injured, no, no sendings off, high-quality football from both sides. The first half could have ended easily 1-1. Madrid were, were competitive. They, they, they had a minor share of the ball. And I'd have been interested to see what it would have been like, A, had they scored, uh, when, say, for example, Valverde shot, what would that have done to their confidence, to their level of energy? Equally, I'd have been interested to see if it was like for like and Madrid had played one game prior to the Clasico. You never know. Second half was Barcelona's by a long way. And largely, I think that was to do with fitness and the fact that, you know, every player in the midfield in the second half for Barcelona was 30 plus, including up to whatever 36 Modric is. And, And that made an impact in the heat, broiling heat. Does it tell us massive amounts about who's going to win the league, who's going to start brilliantly in La Liga, how the first class will go? No, I think probably doesn't. But what it does tell us is that there's a superfluity of talent now under Xavi's command at Football Club Barcelona. The attitude, the work rate, all very good. The new signings have all fitted in extremely well. There are more to come from Barcelona. Ancelotti says my squad is closed. So all I would really wrap up by saying is it's good to be back with you. I hope you've had a fantastic summer one way or the other in any aspect. And the best thing to finish with is this was intensely exciting. If you can go and find large chunks 
of the match on the internet somehow, on YouTube or on Scout, whatever is your passion, then do so because it'll be worth your time. If you haven't seen any of it, if you're not going to be able to see any of it, I hope I've contributed some analysis, some information and some of the sense of fun I had watching it because it was a right good game. See you soon, socios.